0: Chapter 1 Our boat floated on the water for three days, days that felt more like years. We were alone, stranded in a foreign world. During the day, the sun gave us no escape from its relentless heat. At night, the stiff wind brought much cooler temperatures that sent a perpetual chill through our sunburned bodies. The situation seemed hopeless, and our textbook knowledge seemed useless. The exhaustion burdened our mental state far more than anything else where the outside world around us had once filled our spirits with excitement and now dulled in comparison, allowing boredom to grow in its place. Our hopes became hopeless, and our confidence became doubt. We had no food, no water, and no gas left in the boat, and somehow we realized we had veered off course. We vomited the bile in our stomachs, dry heaving over the side of the boat while the waft of seawater coated our sinuses. The changes in weather dried our skin and cracked open our lips. When we weren't seasick in the pitch and fall of the waves, we shared stories of the Institute, comparing the knowledge we'd learned. We discussed Dr. Stevens' dry attempt to befriend us, and finally, we relived the explosion when we'd escaped. We talked until, dehydrated to the point where our throats were dry and raspy, we finally just stopped talking. We laid together in the bottom of the boat, side by side. Arik's fingers laced through mine. We were quiet and resolved to our uncertain fate. In my other hand, I gripped the letter from Dr. Stevens with an undeniable commitment. Maybe I was afraid to let it go. Maybe the letter gave me some form of reassurance from home, the only home I remembered. In one moment, my life had made sense, and in the next, it hadn't. In one breath, I had M by my side, and in the next, she disappeared. I missed her wide eyes and cerebral disposition. Three days ago, her emerald green eyes had seemed mystical as she'd stood on the boat and stared out into the open sky. What had she seen? Why had she left the first chance she'd had? Where had she gone? My mind tortured me with questions for which I had no answers. Don't worry, Aric had said. He had explained how he envisioned the world to be much bigger than the descriptive text in our lesson books. He had concluded with something about M wanting to explore the world, what she had seen in the sky, he had said had to do with the technology all around us. I had to agree with him. After all, I had seen how M had reacted to the technology in the Institute, especially when she had a chance to get past the Faraday cage and next to working computers and cell phones. She was an explorer, and her job as an explorer meant she would download the world around me. Even if I had wanted to stop her or the alien metal wrapped around my spine, I couldn't have. I'd tried to get her removed from me for 16 years, but she'd never left me. Until now. The first chance of freedom she'd gotten, she was gone. She had left me alone with Arik in a boat, floating to nowhere. Now, while we floated in the ocean in the middle of absolutely nothing but water as far as I could see, I realized that M was an immature version of the implant around my spine. Childish, even. I'd been sheltered from the world, sheltered from growing up like any other human child. Until I would gotten to know Arik, I had not even realized how M's childlike presence had held me back from maturing. Still, I ached for her to tell her things, things about Aric and my womanly emotions that grew more complex by the day. Since it was important for me to keep my sanity at the Institute, the alien metal had created M, at first because there was damage to a full potential metal and later, because it knew that I couldn't handle the emotional and intellectual enormity of its full potential. The ocean waves sloshed about, pounding the sides of our small boat with boisterous loud slaps. The water was rougher this evening sparse dark clouds concealed the yellow-tinted moon, the moon I had dreamed of seeing for sixteen years. It was everything I thought it would be. Humming a song I'd remembered from childhood helped to drown out the noise of the waves, but without M there, it was only a secondary escape. My humming trailed off when I became too tired to even do that. In the silence, Aurek turned his head to stare at me, his brown eyes fixed intently on my profile. It wasn't long before I turned to gaze at him, Our faces inches from each other, and his cracked lips pale from the cold air. The dull flecks of silver in his eyes made me lose some hope that we'd get off this boat alive. Neither of us knew what we were doing. I shivered. Are you cold? Come closer. He draped his blanket over me, leaving his body exposed to the frigid air. But it wasn't the cold that was making me shiver. No, I'd forgotten that the night temperature had dropped so much. My shiver came from the look in his eyes. They gave me a glimpse into his soul. He was easygoing, intuitive, and inquisitive. He cared for humans. Even though humans had locked him up in the facility for 16 years, he still cared. He showed no signs of anger. Even now, Arik carried himself with an air of noble courage.